Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody, welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and this is going to be a different episode. So... First things first, um, I am recording from inside my house because, A, it is hotter than the seventh level of hell outside, and I just couldn't do it. I haven't really done it all week. Um, Second, I came down with um, a nice um, head cold of some sort right after, conveniently right after, I was able to get the interview with Drew Newman of J.C. Newman that you will hear later in the show uh, done on Tuesday. So the nice thing is um, I don't sound crappy in the interview, um, but uh, I am doing everything I can right now to um, speak to get these bookends done so that this episode can be finished and released on Friday. Um, So needless to say, this is going to be the first episode of The Cigar Pulpit where there is no cigar smoked. Um, But we're going to be talking quite a bit about cigars. And uh, first things first, I want to talk to you guys about Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company, Crestwood, Missouri. He has his big annual rolling event coming up on Saturday, September 30th. He has a number of manufacturers that are going to be present um, for that. Um, Additionally, there's going to be live music, um, food. It'll be a great time. Um, So if you're in the St. Louis area and you want to party, um, make sure you swing by Dan the Man Ponder's place. He's going to have quite a party going on that Saturday. And if you're not in the St. Louis area, but you still want to support a brick-and-mortar shop, Dan does do mail order, so you can give him a call, and he can go through whatever cigars are in the humidor and, uh, you know, um, get you a nice selection picked out and sent to you right away because he is getting in some really, really good stuff over there at Riverman Cigar Company. But this would be the point in time that the cut would normally be brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder, but I'm not cutting a cigar right now. Um, but what I am doing is, as I said, we're jumping into an interview that I had earlier this week with Drew Newman, J.C. Newman. Drew, um, as uh, a part of the multi-generational family there at the Newman uh, Company, you know, he serves as legal counsel for J.C. Newman, and he's been very involved in um, this uh, fight uh, with the court battle with the FDA. And so we talk a lot about that, but then we also talk about a lot of other stuff revolving around J.C. Newman, the company, you know, new products, this and that, and whatever, the, the other projects they've got going on. So I'm just going to go ahead, throw it over to the interview. You guys enjoy, and I will be back after the interview. So I'm joined today by Drew Newman of J.C. Newman Cigar Company. How you doing, Drew? Doing great, Nick. How are you? I'm fantastic. Now, let's let's real quick, before we go any further, let's address the background sure. of where Absolutely. you're at here. Where are you coming this, to us from? This is not a virtual background. I'm coming to you from our third floor handmade rolling room here in our 113-year-old iconic El Rolo Cigar Factory and the Cigar Estate of Tampa, Florida. Behind me, as you can probably see, we're rolling cigars by hand, just like my great-grandfather did more than a century ago. And so it's, it's my privilege to join you, really, from 
where it all happens from the rolling room here in Tampa. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, it, 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 I remembered it from when I came down in 2020, uh, yeah. like, you know, and took the tour. One of the I, first. I, I was amongst the first. I, I don't even think you guys had even started the technical public tours at that point yet. No, you, no, we were still trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But no, I've been hearing from folks you know, listeners and friends and everybody that have in the years since come down and taken the tour and they've just absolutely loved it. And, uh, it's been such a good, um, uh, ambassador program, I think for, for the, for the industry. So that's, that's wonderful. Thank um, you. So the reason that I asked you to come on today, I have, I have, I do have a litany of other things to discuss, okay. n- nothing huge, but, uh, the main topic I want to discuss is the cigar industry's win in court with the FDA. Yeah. Let's talk about Amazing. that a little bit. Still hard to believe it happened because here we are feeling like David going up against Goliath, this massive agency, $750 annual, $50 million annual budget, just enormous, massive uh, bureaucracy. And here we are. A bunch of handmade cigar manufacturers, family businesses, family growers, family manufacturers, family real and retailers, all coming together to fight for our right to continue to enjoy a premium cigar. And and all it took was nine years, nine <laughs> years of litigation. The lawsuit was filed in the summer of 2016. And here we are uh, in the summer of 2023, finally with a, a tremendous victory that uh, essentially threw out FDA's regulation of unflavored handmade cigars. Now, um, I've kind of gone into the nitty gritty of some of that uh, in the prior in, in this week's prior show with uh, attorney Frank Herrera. But what I okay. wanted to talk to you about is kind of um, you kind of are, are an interesting um, individual in that. You know, you're you have a perspective from the manufacturer side, but also for those listeners who don't know, you are an attorney. And correct me if I'm wrong, right. you act as the uh, the company attorney for J.C. Newman Cigars. So, you know, what was your role in and amongst everything uh, in the legal aspect as an attorney? But then also let's talk about um, kind of the role of the manufacturer, like kind of where the manufacturers came in and supported this effort. Sure. So again, as you know, Nick, my great grandfather founded our company back in 1895 and passed the business down to my grandfather, who passed it down to my father and uncle, who are in the process of passing it down to my cousins and me. And so I, I've been in the cigar industry, grown up in it all my life. And 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 I'm, but but I'm also a a lawyer. Went to law school, worked in Washington D.C. for a while, worked in New York for for a while. And so I, I'm one of the, the handful of people who can really uh, have a foot in both worlds and can understand how a cigar is made and how special this handcrafted industry is. But I also can speak to the legal side of things and be able to 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 translate back and forth be, be, be between cigars and the law. And so that, I think that that's helped me and helped our company and helped our our, our industry be able to convey what a special um, uh, uh, thing it is to, to make a, a handcrafted cigar and what an important tradition is and why it's different from a cigarette and why it needs to be preserved. 
And so it, that, that's sort of a, a unique position that that I'm in. But in answer to your second question, it's the, the lawsuit that was filed three years ago, a challenging FDA's decision to regulate cigars was filed by our three trade associations. And we've been members of all three since their founding Cigar Association of America, which represents more of the, the bigger cigar companies, uh, in, 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 including those that make non-handmade cigars. Also, Cigar Rights of America, which is the uh, coalition of family-owned handmade cigar companies. And then the Premium Cigar Association, which is the retailer's trade association, about 3,000 mom-and-pop cigar retailers. Those are three trade associations that pooled their funds and their resources together in 2016 to file a lawsuit against FDA and have funded that effort ever since. Uh, I, I will say, though, and this has been publicly reported, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm comfortable sharing this too, the most recent litigation, the litigation that challenged uh, FDA's decision to regulate just premium cigars, the one that we we won on two weeks ago, w- was funded by CRA and the family-owned uh, handmade cigar manufacturers. But but really, for nine years, it's been a collective effort of manufacturers, suppliers, retailers, consumers, all working together, challenging FDA to to just to be able to to to, to continue to enjoy a fine cigar. For sure. And, you know, that comes in a variety of different ways. For example, I know um, on the show we've promoted the uh, the CRA cigar packs and yes, kind you. of the value of that. And, I mean, you, you guys are, are are involved in that as well. Absolutely. And so one of the ways, actually the primary way why how CRA raises money to support litigation and advocacy in Washington, D.C. and across the states is by selling uh packs of rare, exclusive, special cigars from the world's greatest cigar manufacturers. And and uh, each CRA Freedom Pack contains 10 cigars from 10 CRA manufacturers. We're very proud to be one of them. And uh, the, the great thing about this program is that the manufacturers donate the cigars so that the wholesale price of the, the packs all of that, all that money gets donated back to CRA and, and goes straight to, to, to funding litigation like this and efforts to, to protect um, the, the premium cigar industry. So appreciate your support of that and really appreciate retailers and consumers around the country uh, uh, for picking up these packs, enjoying these cigars and, and, and having the satisfaction knowing that when they light up these special and rare and exclusive cigars, that they, they're they also funding uh, these these advocacy efforts to support the premium cigar industry. So going back to the FDA, you know, kind of decision or, or the, the judge's decision about the FDA vacating the rule and everything from a manufacturer from manufacturer's perspective, where does that put you? Like where where like I'm assuming you probably have all kinds of questions of like, OK, we've been doing things this way. But what does how does this impact us going forward? I think where it puts us is it gives us a sense of relief. Since FDA decided to regulate premium cigars like cigarettes back in 2016, we've all kind of existed in this state of regulatory purgatory. We've had this threat of, of just this regulatory 
all these regulatory requirements being thrown down upon us, they've been held off to a large degree, but we knew that they could come down at, at any minute. And what I mean by that is requirements to test every cigar that we make, send it to a lab, figure out its constituents and the cigar, the, 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 the tobacco and the smoke, being able to uh, uh, um, uh, uh, register all of our products and, and, and really change our factory from the way it's been for the past hundred years to essentially like a, a, a clean room where you make food and pharmaceuticals and other FDA type of regulated products. Really fundamentally, Nick, we make cigars today just like my great grandfather did a hundred years ago. And our only goal as a company is to make cigars a hundred years from now, the same way we did to, we do today, we did a century ago, and FDA wanted to change all of that and, and, and change how cigars were made and, and, and really lose that art, that, that, that tradition, that craft. And so we've been fighting very hard just to preserve this, this, this way of life and this tradition. And, and so the, 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 the decision by the federal court in D.C. two weeks ago simply means that we can keep doing what we've always been doing and what we always want to be doing. Well, and one of the aspects of that was um, the creation of new products. You know, you had the the substantial right. equivalents, and and obviously, you know, there were grandfathered brands from before, and people were kind of snatching those up and stuff. But now, you know, as a manufacturer, you have the ability to come out with new products with no real issue, as as maybe threatened before. Yeah, you know, when you look at a product like a cigarette. Cigarette manufacturers use a bunch of chemicals and additives to ensure that every cigarette is the same. Every cigarette's the same today as it was a decade ago, and we the same uh, a decade from now because it's chemically controlled. Here, we're rolling cigars by hand using natural leaves of tobacco that vary. They vary from year to year, from farm to farm. Even different locations on a plant will cause leaves, some leaves to be thicker or thinner or longer or have more flavor or less flavor. And the beauty of a premium cigar is that we get to use and harness these natural varieties to create unique and interesting blends. We like the fact that that natural leaves of tobacco taste different from year to year, crop to crop, farm to farm, from, from location on the, on the plant to location on the plant. Um, but th that, that was always hard for FDA to wrap their heads around because every Tylenol pill is going to be just like every other Tylenol pill. Every King cigarette is going to be like every other King cigarette. But cigars are, are, are different. And, and, and so it, it's, it's been hard for us and everyone else over the past nine years to be able to make new products, to take advantage of differences in, in tobacco. And, and you know, uh, um, at the very beginning in 2016, FDA's stance was, if you want to change the number of cigars in the box from 20 to 25 or, or 22 to 18, you'd have to go through this enormous, costly regulatory approval process. Thankfully, that um, the agency backed away from that, but it just kind of speaks to the threat that's been hanging over our head for the better part of a decade. 
for sure. And I know you guys have done a lot of rebranding over the last couple of years with, you know, Perla Del Mar and then the El Baton. And I mean, has that kind of been um, yeah. a process and, because of this? Initially, back in 2016, FDA also took the stance that any changes to a package can change the color gold and a cigar band or cigar label. Any of those changes would require an expensive and exhaust exhaustive regulatory review process, which is just nuts. Thankfully, a uh, a, a different judge back in 2017-2018 ruled that uh, a cigar band is not a tobacco part of the tobacco product. <laughs> yeah, and the stickers on the box are not part of the tobacco product. And, and but but to to your point. Like it just if, if FDA was left uh, in the FDA's mind, all of these are 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 are, are things that they, they they wanted to control, and it would make it made it very difficult for premium cigar companies like ours to continue making cigars. And so, um, it, it's just a real relief having unflavored handmade cigars no longer under the the the, the threat of this enormous bureaucracy. Gotcha. So one of the things um, when I was talking to uh, Frank uh, about this, he, you know, kind of the, the where do we go from here kind of aspect is that um, and it, 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 there's a couple points I want to touch on. But the first one I want to touch on is he mentioned that um, uh, user fees are kind of an, uh, an a now immediate issue. What are you hearing and what is uh, the position of like, you know, where do you think you guys are going to go in terms of uh, user fees with the FDA? So FDA is one of those rare federal agencies that is funded by user fees. And, and the, the way it, the, the principle is that um, the, the, the business is being regulated should bear the cost of regulation. So since 2016, we and everyone else have been paying FDA to regulate us uh isn't or that, so isn't that nice? regulate us out of business but, <laughs> but that's the way congress set up fda and, and that's the way this is has worked um we're hopeful that uh, that in light of judge made his decision that premium cigars should never have been regulated by fda that means that premium cigars also should not be subject to user fees but it, it's not uh, uh settled yet what's going to happen in large part because FDA user fees are calculated based on a percentage of excise taxes. And there's one class of cigars, premium cigars aren't separate from that. And so there's a lot of complexities there. No one's quite sure how that's going to play out, but you know, FDA user fees certainly add up, but, but, but they amount to about five cents or so per cigar. It's not a, 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 a enormous sum federal excise taxes on cigars are eight times that amount and state taxes can be many times greater than that too so the grand scheme of things user fees um are 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 something we would like to avoid but it's it's not a um it wouldn't it wouldn't ultimately really affect the price of a premium cigar on a retailer shelf okay um and then in terms of J.C. Newman. I was listening to the interview on the Cigar Authority on Saturday, and it was brought up that you guys, uh, with some of the products that you make right there in, in El Relo, 
that sure. this decision doesn't necessarily clear the FDA completely off of your plate. Would you care to comment on on kind of how you still uh, J.C. Newman still has work to do? Absolutely. So here in our 113 year old historic El Rolo cigar factory in Tampa, we roll cigars two traditional ways. And the way cigars have always been made in Tampa, behind me on our third floor, we roll cigars by hand. But here in Tampa and throughout the cigar industry, beginning in the Great Depression, cigar factories started using hand-operated cigar machines to assist them in manufacturing cigars as a labor-saving device to, to reduce costs. And so my great-grandfather bought a bunch of and uh, what are now antique hand hand operated cigar machines in the 1930s, and we use them to roll cigars um, on the second floor. And so, as my dad alluded to on the Cigar Authority last week, we're in the unusual situation where this factory right now is half regulated. Here behind me, these cigars meet Judge Maida's definition of unflavored handmade cigars, and thereby are exempt from FDA regulation. But down below on the second floor, those cigars do not meet Judge Maida's definition, and they are still regulated. And uh, the, the tobacco that we prepare for both floors uh, is kind of caught in the mix. Uh, we have staff that work up here and work down there. It's it, 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 um, it, it's unchartered territory, but um, we're the last factory and still rolling cigars in Tampa, the last traditional cigar factory still rolling cigars in the United States, and the only people that use these antique hand-operated cigar machines. And so we're going to petition FDA just to um, uh, uh, um, allow the entire factory to be treated the same way and exempted from, from regulation. Well, and, and as somebody who's seen those machines in use, we're not talking about like, you know – all automated, you know, gears and everything. Like it's just cranking out. You know, you don't have a machine that's cranking no. out cigars. You have a, a person sitting there. You have a roller. Yeah, you have a, an individual person sitting there. You know, laying out the tobacco. Then they operate the machine. It'd be like, you know, when you use a paper cutter. The paper cutter doesn't do it automatically. You have to take the handle and you got to drop it and cut the yeah. paper. It's the same concept with the with these cigar machines. You know, in in your factory there so like i don't you know so i i can see where some people would say oh it's machinist it's machine assisted it's not machine made i would say exactly and you know in each roller um still takes each wrapper tobacco leaf and 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 lays it down one by one and controls the speed of the machine and and again it was just a it's, it's an antique historic process that uh, was invented and kind of took over the cigar industry during the Great Depression as a way to um, manage cost. And, and 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 truthfully, Nick, the reason why we're the last factory still rolling cigars here in Tampa is because decades ago, all of our competitors realized that premium cigars are a labor-intensive process and the cost of, uh, of making cigars and labor overseas in Latin America is much lower. And so they, they moved their factories uh, overseas to take advantage of lower labor costs here in the United we're suffering in the United States uh, paying U.S. 
wages and, and we love being here, but our costs are much higher. And so those are those antique machines that my great grandfather bought 90 years ago are a way that we can keep this American factory alive and, and, and still competitive. For sure. So, um, you know, one of the things that has kind of come out with this is uh, it seems like people are kind of to some degree taking a little bit of a sigh of relief, kind of, you know, feeling good about themselves. And, you know, what we all need to remember is that technically the FDA, correct me if I'm wrong, the FDA can come along and level rules eventually if they choose to down the road, right? Absolutely. They can do it today. I mean, it, 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 uh, FDA could start the process to re-regulate premium cigars today. It wouldn't happen overnight, but uh, I, I, I feel very confident that in the decades ahead, FDA is going to continue to uh, try to regulate um, premium cigars because a as a tobacco control agency, I think their their goal is to regulate all tobacco products. And uh, and so I, I, I can see the, the current leadership of the agency or future leadership in the agency wanting to correct the mistakes that Judge Mehta identified and, and start this process all over, which is why – it's an incumbent on, on us and everyone else in the premium cigar industry to stay vigilant. In fact, uh, I, I was a little late joining you on this interview, Nick, because this morning I was testifying virtually over Zoom before FDA uh, about the agency's new strategic plan and their priorities. And, and, and even though unflavored handmade cigars are not subject to FDA regulation today, if we don't continue to engage with FDA to, to make them remember about our products, then if they successfully re-regulate us in the future, then all these requirements that would be impossible for us to meet could come down on us. And so um, because of that, we still need to engage with FDA, still need to continue supporting our, our trade associations um, so, so that that uh, uh, future generations of adults can enjoy buying cigars uh, in the years ahead. Well, and that's what I was getting at is, you know, kind of what uh, steps need to be taken so that when and if this does come along again, you know, we're more prepared and we don't have to, you know, put the put the whole, you know, machine together. It'll already be there and we can just turn it on. And, and you've kind of touched on that, but obviously, you know, from a consumer standpoint, I would say that, you know, consumers need to, to, to support and join the CRA, obviously, and be engaged as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and the issue um, is not only at the federal level, not only with the FDA regulation, um, there's been proposals in Congress to massively uh, increase uh, federal taxes on cigars, not because anyone thinks there's a problem with premium cigars, but 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 there there is a, um, a desire to level the taxes on all tobacco products, and so uh, the, there's there's bills in the House and the Senate that would raise the taxes on all tobacco products to be equivalent to those of cigarettes, which would have a dramatic effect on premium cigars, and also. There's legislation every year and in and, and nearly every state that add more restrictions or more taxes to premium cigars. And so it, 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 it's just incumbent on us to continue to be vigilant and engage with the process. 
And maybe one of the best lessons from Judge Mayer's decision two weeks ago is that if if we do so, we can actually prevail, that we've got science on our side, that we've got a good, authentic, true story to uh, tell, and that if we all work together and support our trade associations, that we can be successful with whatever challenges uh, come in the years and decades ahead. No, that's great. That's great. Now, there were a few other things I wanted to touch on. And, uh, sure. you know, obviously, if there's anything else related to FDA that you want to express, you know, feel free. But uh, I want to ask, you know, we touched on it kind of in the beginning, but, you know, El Relo, the tours, the factory. Yeah. How, how you know, it's been it's been yeah, uh, coming up one three years. Background. I don't know if you, you saw it a few minutes ago, our 1130 tour. I, I, I saw some I folks saw walking by. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Came by. But it's been great. So, Nick, uh, as you know, three years ago, in celebration of our company's 125th anniversary, we restored our iconic El Rolo Cigar Factory, built a three-level cigar museum, and, and really opened it to the public for the first time. And, and, and I'm so excited to share with you that you know last year we had 10,000 visitors wow. come through this factory for tours, tastings, events. To, to learn about Cigar City, the history of our company, and the cigar industry in the United States. It's incredible. And this year, we're on track to, to exceed 15,000 visitors. Wow. And and uh, really what we saw was so many wineries, breweries, distilleries all around the country becoming destinations uh, in, in attracting visitors. And we, so we thought, why can't we do the same for cigars? Why can't we take this 113-year-old cigar factory in Cigar City and open it to the public for the the, the, the first time and and uh, the, the interest has just really um, exceeded my um, expectations and it's exciting and and we've got more programs getting ready to uh, to to a start. Well, and and you guys are in the unique position that you have a larger facility, you have uh, an active um, factory within that facility. And it's within the United States. You know, I mean, right. there's other manufacturers that have, you know, factories, but they're all Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican Republic. It's all it's all elsewhere that require passports and extensive travel. You know, with you guys, it's a couple hour flight, depending on where you're at in the United States, to come down to uh, town to Tampa and, and you know, take it's a tour. Southwest Airlines here and we're 15 minutes from the airport. Bingo. It's easy. No passport. No, 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 no language skills needed. Uh, we're right here in the historic Cigar City, USA. And so it makes it so much easier and more accessible, which is why we have thousands of visitors come through here. And it's it's a real privilege for us. You know, we, our, our business is making cigars and selling cigars. That's what we do. But this is this is a, a privilege for us to be able to keep this tradition alive and share it with uh, cigar enthusiasts from around the world. And so certainly invite your, your viewers to, if you're coming to, to Florida to go to go to Disney world or go to the beaches over in Clearwater, come stop by uh, this beautiful old cigar factory and, and experience the American cigar tradition. It's a wonderful tour. Now the uh, other projects you guys have going on across the street. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. Can you give us an update about here. that? So what we realized was uh, when we restored El Rolo and started seeing these waves of visitors come through, people would come by for a tour or an event or a cigar rolling class, and they say, what's next? 
where can I stay? Where can I eat? What else can I do? And so it, it, it's it's caused us to to really start building out our, our campus and our neighborhood here in the Ybor City National Historic Cigar District. And so uh, we're about to open a small park uh, directly across the street from, from the factory that we're dedicating to the cigar workers of Tampa. That should be finished um, in the next couple of weeks. And across the other street uh, uh, from the corner that we're on, we're restoring a beautiful historic building that opened just three months after El Relo did in 1910. And that building was built to, to be a hotel on the second floor and a cafe and a bar on the first floor, really to serve the visitors and cigar workers here at this factory. And so that's how it was designed to be 100 years ago, and we're restoring it so it's that way uh, um, now. And so in two years, we will reopen the building with a hotel on the second floor, a cafe, a cigar lounge on the first floor, and really help me, help us make uh, El Rolo in Tampa into an even bigger destination for cigar enthusiasts. And so, Nick, love to have you come down and visit and stay with us uh, in, in a couple years. Oh, count on it. Count on it. I mean, that would be, you know, wonderful having, you know, your facility across the street from where you're staying and, and everything. I mean, that's that's just perfect. And it's real close to 7th Avenue, which, you know, for exactly. anybody from Ybor City, you know, that you've gone down there. The heart of Ybor City. Exactly. You've got all that going on. So, no, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, the uh, the other thing related to that, how do I get one of those awesome Lego sets? I'll send you one. Oh, fantastic. I wasn't dry bagging. I was yeah. actually just wondering. No, but no, happy but, to. Um, so, so, you know, so, yeah, talk about yeah. that. How did that come about? That is a really cool collaboration. Yeah. So um, we love our, 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 our cigar factory here in Tampa. It has an iconic clock tower. It, it, it's a landmark. It's been a landmark for a century, well-known in our area, and, and it's part of our identity. It, the, the the image of our clock tower and our factory is in our our company logo. It's on our products. It's this is a, this is our building. It's our home. It's the factory that I grew up running around in. And and actually, uh, Nick, when I was a little kid, I would come to the office with my dad while he was working, and I'd bring a big box of Legos, and I'd sit on the floor of his office playing with my Legos. And so I think it's in some sense it's, it's come full circle that when now we have. A, a Lego set, but what happened was, um, I have been wor I worked very closely with a designer, Alex, uh, 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 from Common Bond Design, and her mom Sherry, and they've really guided us through the restoration of El Rolo over the past four to, 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 to five years. I was talking with Alex and Sherry uh, uh, earlier this year, and they're saying, you know, what you really need is you really need to have a Lego set. And, and you know, uh, uh, looked around, you see their Lego sets of the Eiffel Tower, of the White House, For sure. of the landmarks. Why can't we get a Lego set of El Rolo, a, a cigar factory Lego set? And they said, well, we know the, the, the people who can do it. And and, and they really ran with it. And, and this was this their project. And and it's been really exciting. And it's, it, it helps us tell the story of, of our family, of Cigar City here in Tampa, and the history of the American cigar industry. And so it's 201 authentic uh, Lego pieces, and it builds a, a replica 
of uh, El Rolo. And so it's uh, it's very exciting, and I, I'd be delighted to uh, send you one. That's fantastic. Now, the real question, did they make little mini figs of uh, Eric and Bobby and you that we can, like, position out front with your little Lego cigars? No. To mimic the on the back screen, uh, no, maybe next time we'll, there we we'll try that. We'll have to get but, somebody well, to custom make some. That way we can get that that replica of you guys up on the roof with the sign and everything. Yeah. There we go. Well, you know what? What people really wanted us to um to get is like a like a ten foot long like a Lego replica of the factory. Have oh, someone build like that. There you but go. I think that might be a a, a big challenge. Hey, there's those Lego people out there. They get into this stuff, oh, you know. I know, and you know people love this Lego set, and it's great. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm delighted to, to send you one, Nick. Oh, and, that's uh, fantastic. And, uh, it, it's exciting. So aside from the Lego set, you know, um, I wanted to also just touch base. Um, PCA was about a month ago a little, little yeah. slightly over a month ago you know let's talk briefly about pca how did that go for jc newman and you know uh what products uh at pca did you want to talk about so i think uh our uh, uh the pca trade show is always a blur because one time a year where we get to, to visit with people old friends customers from decades that we've known forever uh, but it was a wonderful trade show and allowed us to to, to showcase several new products, um, one of which is, is being rolled behind me. Actually, Andy's rolling some right there in, in the uh, yellow wrap. And those are our Leroy Neiman cigars. So you might know Leroy Neiman is a very famous American painter of the 20th century. And he painted in beautiful, bright, expressive colors, painted Muhammad Ali, Frank Sinatra, painted the Olympics, painted NFL games. He, he was anywhere and, and, and everywhere, and he always had with him not only his paint, but his, his trademark hat and, and, a, and a cigar in his mouth and a handlebar mustache. And so that was Leroy Neiman, and he was uh, uh, probably the most famous cigar-smoking artist. And we've partnered with his foundation to create a, uh, a cigar with his name on it, and, and, and actually the, the cigar is wrapped with a piece of his um, his art, and it's a beautiful box of 20 cigars made here in El Rolo. And something that makes this particularly special is that all the profits from this project are being donated to the public schools here in Tampa Very cool. uh, to support arts education because that is the mission of his foundation. So uh, we're excited in early November to ship the 2023 Leroy Neiman Collector's Edition cigars. And then our, our other big new item is that we've partnered with the NBA to create a limited edition set of cigar humidors yes. from the 2011 NBA all-star court. And so uh, it, it's, it's very exciting. We have 40 of these humidors and it, it, it's the most unusual humidor I've ever seen because we make a lot of humidors and we always fight really hard to make them perfect, smooth, clean finish, like just exquisite. But these humidors, though the wood is a little wavy because all six sides of the humidor are made from authentic pieces of the NBA All-Star Court in 2011. And some pieces are longer, the shorter, the the, the finish is a little different. There are some blue chunks from the uh, uh, three-point line. It's, um, <laughs> it, it's really 
something special and unique and different. And, and so we're excited to share those uh, later this year as well. Very cool. And um, I mean, man, for a basketball enthusiast, I mean, how could, and cigar smoker, how could you go wrong? Yeah. It's yeah. just something, something different and unique. And uh, I'm hoping we can do something with baseball bats next year. I have some ideas there, but, but need to, uh, um, Oh, oh, work on it. There you go. There you go. Well, um, Drew, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? I really do want to thank you for taking time today. Oh, well, thank you so much, Nick, for, for, for wanting to, to speak with me and helping us share our story. And, and I think if I had to summarize our conversation, I would just say, uh, the, the point you made about not, um, not not giving up and still being vigilant and 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 fighting for righteous cigars is true today. It was true 50 years ago. It'll be true 50 years from now. And the other point I would make is just we'd encourage you not only to come back to El Rolo, but all your viewers to come and experience the American cigar tradition here at our historic cigar factory as well. You know, it's been a couple of years since I've been down in Tampa and I meant to get down there last year, didn't. And I'd love to get down there this year. Uh, it's it's flip of a coin, but I desperately want to get back down. I love that area. And especially I seem to always come down right around um, Cigar Heritage Festival right there at the beginning of well, December. Well, it's a good time of year. I, you know, We're happy to have you any time of the year, but uh, um, I would avoid June, July, August, and September is still a little hot down yeah. here right now. Now we're entering hurricane season, but the winter <laughs> beautiful, and it's a, and it's a great time to to experience the best of Florida. Perfect, Drew. Thank you so much for taking time out, and congratulations on the win. I know there's still work to do, you know, for J.C. Newman, but uh, uh, I'm an optimist. I feel confident you guys will get there. I am too. There you go. I, I am as well. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it. And once again, I do really want to thank Drew Newman for taking time out to speak with me the other day. It was really educational. Had a great time. It's always nice to catch up with Drew and find out what's going on with the fine folks at J.C. Newman. But now it's time to do the uh, Villiger Entertainment Report. It's time for the Villiger Cigars Entertainment Report. Brought to you by Villiger. Villiger Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villiger Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. Well, guys, um, you know, in terms of what I've been watching this week, um, my son, believe it or not, was not interested in watching Storybots this past weekend, but instead we watched three straight days of Thomas the Tank Engine. And you know what? After watching Storybots every single weekend that he's been here, I was more than happy to listen to Thomas the Tank Engine. It was something different, something new, and I was totally in on it. Um, in terms of my personal watching, I'm still slowly making my way through Futurama, um, I did start watching Eastbound and Down because I've watched the other two um, uh, Danny McBride shows on HBO lately, Vice Principals and uh, uh, The Righteous Gemstones, and it kept feeding me recommendations for Eastbound and Down. Well, I'd only seen the first two seasons, hadn't seen the third and fourth, so I'm starting. Uh, I, I did uh, get through that, and I'm already into the third season. It's funny how that happens when you know you are sick and you're basically laying on the couch all day. 
Um, and then um, otherwise, uh, my I, I, I've been going through uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and that sort of thing. I did start listening to that Think Twice podcast that Nick Gervais was talking about a couple episodes back about Michael Jackson, and, um, you know, that, that's got me hooked. I've been interested in that. So anyway, um, that, that would be what I have for the Villager Entertainment segment this week, or this episode. So why don't we now go ahead and hear about my monthly cigars? This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks! Guys, don't forget to check out the fucking good coffee over there at My Monthly Cigars. He's got the lounge blend. He's got the daily press. You know, all kinds of great flavors of fucking good coffee. We might even be in pumpkin spice season by now. I don't know when that that starts, but it it seems to be starting earlier for other companies. I don't know when Nick is going to go ahead and uh, sell out and and start putting out the pumpkin spice stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm sure at some point he will. So anyway, um, otherwise, socials, we are on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit. We have the Pulpit Parishioners group on uh, Facebook. So if you're uh, into Facebook, head on over to the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners group. Join that and join in the fun there. Um, Twitter slash X. I've started to very, very, very lightly dip my toe in those waters. Um but you can follow us on that. And then YouTube where you can watch this. And um, guys, again, this this uh, the, we're, the next episode up will be Ask the Boys. Okay? My dad is going to join me on that show. I have three calls right now. As this recording is being done, I have three calls. You have until noon on Sunday, August 27th, noon central time, on August 27th, to get those recordings in, or calls in. So, by the time you're listening to this, if you're actually listening to this on launch day, on Friday, the 25th, um, you basically have Friday, and you have Saturday, and you have Sunday before noon, east or central time, to get those calls in. It's area code 863 Eight seven four zero 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 zero. This is this is your opportunity. I mean, I reserve the right to Adam Protocol, but this is your opportunity to ask my dad questions. You know, I mean, this is ask the boys here. I mean, obviously you can ask about scars, you can ask about whatever, but this is an opportunity. It's not going to come up often, so make sure you get those calls in if you're so inclined. I have three. That's not great. Everybody wants me to do this as a weekly segment again. I can't do it as a weekly segment when I get three for a month. So, come on. I need some calls. Let's get the calls in. Area code 863-874-0000. Otherwise, guys, I'm going to give my voice a rest. I'm sorry for the somewhat, like, you know, abbreviated show. Um, But I do really want to thank Drew Newman once again 
for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with me and talk with all of you. So anyway, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. And fuck cancer. Thank you.